Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Grace Community Church. My name is Brittany Kalmink, and I am the children's director here. And it's so nice to see all your lovely faces today um, here together to worship. Um, yesterday, I don't know if you guys know, but our beach camp crew came back, and they had a great time away at beach camp. And I heard the bus broke down yesterday for the kids on the way back, but they made it back safely. So they all came back in one piece. Um, so just be praying for them as they come back into um, the ne the next week. Um, it's a little different usually coming off of camp. And um, so be praying for them that the Lord just touches their heart and continues to touch their heart. Um, also, I want to bring your attention to the bulletin. We have bulletins. If you guys are interested, they, there are some in the back. Um, the ushers have them. But also in the bulletin, there's a little error. It says it, that we have an inquiries class on starting August 5th. It's actually going to start on the 8th. So just a little hiccup. But um, if you guys don't know what that is, that's just an opportunity to get to know our church. Um, and it's going to be three different times, August 5th, 15th, and 22nd. So you can contact Tim Allen at the office um, if you want to get plugged into that. Um, just a good time to hear about what our church is doing, about our church, and if you're interested in membership. So you guys can do it that way. Um, also, we have a great need for help in our cafe, our ushering, and um, our guests, um, our people who help meet and the guests out there. So if you guys are interested in serving, um, connect with the office and um, we can get you guys plugged in. We do, we do need a lot of help, so we hope that you guys can um, think about it. Um, also, um, we are so thankful you are here and welcome and we can join together in worship. Well, good morning, Grace Community Church. It's great to see you this morning. Will you stand and worship with us today?
dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored and the church of Christ was born then the Spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old shall not be seat. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If there's anything this morning that's crushing your spirit, I pray, as I pray, you can pray along with me about what's on your heart. Let's pray together. Father, it's a beautiful morning to be with family, to be with friends that are like family. Thank you for the blessing of this church home. Thank you for the blessing and gift of friendship. God, we pray that as we worship you, that you would be here, that you would be glorified in our words, in our minds, and in our hearts. God, we pray for rain. It seems something silly to do in the midst of the drought we're in, in the midst of the heat that we face, but God, we know you are a God of miracles, and even when we pray small prayers, you hear them. This is a big prayer for our valley. We pray for snow in the mountains. You could make that happen, God. And we pray that uh, you would meet our needs, that you would meet the needs of the farmers and those uh, who, who work in the farming industry. God, we ask your blessing upon those who are suffering. There are many people who are hurting, different ailments, different sicknesses. God, we pray that you would minister to them, that your Holy Spirit would touch them, would heal them. We are still praising you for the miracles that you have provided recently for healing. God, for those who have, for those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, we pray that you would be with them. For those who face trials this week, we pray that you would prepare them, that you would strengthen them this morning with your presence and with the presence of those in this room. God, for the tithes and offerings that you received, I pray that we would be good stewards that we would use those to build in your kingdom and to glorify you. We love you, God. We pray that you would be glorified in our worship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are a part of our children's department this morning, we would like to dismiss you to Sunday school so you can stand and follow our children's director, Miss Brittany, out this door over here. 
Will you stand and sing Bless the Lord with us this morning? Worship your holy 
You may be seated. Good morning. Hey, we're back in my favorite Proverbs, and today we are in chapter 9. Chapter 9. And before we look at it, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my two grandmothers. My grandmothers, I don't know, I only had two. So I don't know where I'm on the scale of, you know, rich or poor when it comes to grandmothers. But they were different as night and day. For one, my my one grandma was six foot. And then my other grandma was like 4'11". That's not an exaggeration. I never saw them in the same room together, though. And that's because my six-foot grandmother lived in Southern California, and then my 4'11 grandmother lived just north of us in Modesto. But I love them both individually. It's hard, I would think, I don't know, I guess we have to sit down and talk. But for the most part, um, yeah, most kids love their grandmas, and I loved mine. We see the good, right? I never saw the bad. And uh, I loved each of them individually. But what's interesting is uh, not the grandmothers, but their clans. Each is a matriarch of a clan. And I didn't see that as a kid, only after many years. That's when you actually get to see the clan, right? And uh, after many years, I realized uh, that there's a clan, and a clan is a legacy, which is the long view of things. In the long view, and I'm just going to make this kind of over easy, in the long view, one clan is filled with lawmen and the other with outlaws. Two grandmothers, one clan, lawmen, and one clan, outlaws. That comes from the long view. That comes from the legacy. But we don't see the long view. We don't see the legacy until time passes and life is lived. Proverbs gives us the long view of things. The long view is rarely the view that people take. We want what we want right now and tomorrow isn't as important as what we want and what we want we want right now. Some guy on ESPN radio says, listen to me now, believe me later. Yeah, it lacked a certain sense to me too. I heard it over and over. It was like a, a voice clip as a part of an advertisement for some of their sports talk shows. Listen to me now, believe me later. 
It made incomplete sense to me until I reflected on Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 18 this week. I now realize it's a great seven-word commentary on the lady wisdom and Ms. Folly. It's like a fork in the path. The lady wisdom says, take my path. I'll give you what is best for you in the long view. Ms. Folly says, take my path. I'll give you what you want right now. Don't think about it. Think about how good it's going to taste, how good it's going to feel. Think of all the pleasure that you're going to have right now. Every day we come to a crossroads. Every day we come to a fork in the path. They may be modest ones that others don't notice, but for us, they are crossroads. They are forks in our path. But it doesn't matter which way we turn if we don't know where we're going. If we don't have a destination. Some might talk about that differently and say, if you have a purpose, you have a destination. You have a focus. You have a reason for living. You have a validation or explanation or justification for doing what you do. But if you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a destination, any road will do, any path will suffice. In between the pitch of the Lady Wisdom and the pitch of Mrs. Folly, which tell us to take different paths, there's a chunk of five verses, verses 7 through 12 in chapter 9. Let's call it a picture of the future and the destination of Lady Wisdom's path, which is the long view, and Mrs. Folly's path, which is a shortcut. Well, Proverbs tells us that the wise know where they're going and why they follow Lady Wisdom, and that's what we see in those verses. And we see also the alternative. So I'd like us to read together Proverbs chapter 9. You're going to love this. Let's read it together. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I started to say the estranged Standard Version, but that didn't make any sense. Okay, chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. And now we hear her. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, 
Come, eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight or understanding. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calls to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense or understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he who does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Get wisdom. Choose the Lord. His legacy is life. I want to look at life's ladies, life's ladies, that is, the Lady Wisdom and Ms. Folly, life's ladies. I want to look at life's legacies, the long views of life. And that's actually the view of the Lady Wisdom and the view, the contradicting view of Ms. Folly. And then I want to look at life's Lord. We may have many lords, but there's one Lord that this chapter and the book of Proverbs suggests that we call Lord. Let's look at life's ladies. The lady wisdom and Miss Folly represent very different attitudes in life. They have different clans. They have different offspring, and they have different legacies. Both, though, have a house. Both invite the simple. In fact, the wording in the words of the Lady Wisdom and the words of Ms. Folly are exactly the same. 
They both pitch the same invitation. And they both offer a meal. Significant differences exist. Both tell the simple who lack understanding or what was uh, the translation that I, uh, that I read? Um, insight. Get insight. Some translations say senseless for lack understanding. But both tell the simple who do lack understanding, turn in here. Okay? And people who lack understanding are generally impressionable. And that's one of the qualities of responding to either. They both sound good. Lady Wisdom says, leave the simple way. Live, walk in my insight, walk in my understanding. Ms. Folly says, indulge your simple ways, you who lack understanding. And I know she says that because this is what she does say, stolen water is sweet and secret bread is pleasurable. In other words, don't, don't think about it too long. Take a shortcut, cheat, steal. It feels good. It feels good. That's what she's saying. I, come to dinner, but my food is stolen. And I don't know. She calls it her house, but maybe it's not really her house after all. But at any rate, we have two really different looking ladies here in terms of their attitude toward life and the wisdom or folly that they offer. When we look at life's legacies, we see things a little more clearly. Miss Folly offers excitement in shortcuts, but she doesn't build a house. In fact, probably everything is in some way a form of theft because she doesn't like all the time it takes to get what she wants. So you, you lift it, you steal it, or you have get-rich schemes, or you find the shortcuts, um, you buy lotto cards and all kinds of things to try and get to where you want to be because obviously when we take such schemes so seriously, we don't think it's attainable in our own strength and ability, do we? We'd never get there on our own. So we take shortcuts. And it's folly. Because then it's never ours, even if we get there. Even if we achieve it. It was luck. And we really don't want to call it luck, but yeah, that's that word that sticks in our craw, you know? It was luck. If I just had more luck. How many of you felt like you're just unlucky in life, unlucky in love, unlucky in school, unlucky at work, unlucky in this, unlucky at that? It comes from a basic attitude of shortcuts, fewer steps, 
And maybe that's the way we see the world when we think that way because we think everybody else, yeah, they're lucky. They're lucky. They were born with what it takes. Lady Wisdom, you'll notice, builds her house and offers life. It's the long view. It's the long view of established relationships. It's the long view of fidelity. It's the long view of contentment. Miss Folly offers stolen goods, enjoyed in secret. Lady Wisdom offers life and a long walk in understanding and insight. The case can be made that it is Lady Wisdom who is speaking in verses 7 through 12. And I'd like to show you something in verses 7 through 9. It should be put up on the screen in just a moment. Here we have those verses, the scoffer versus the wise. And in verse 7, we read, and I want you to see this. You can put them all up for me. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. That's what we call synonymous parallelism. In other words, it's echoing. The second line echoes the first line. It just rewords. It's kind of like word rhyming, the thought rhyme. He who corrects a scoffer gets himself abused. He who reproves, reproof is Correction. Hey, stop that. Well, if you you don't do it the right way, it's not going to work. That's reproof or correction. And what's it get you? Well, we're told in verse 7, it gets you abuse. It incurs abuse. It incurs injury. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you don't reprove a scoffer. But maybe you don't know a scoffer. Now you want to find one, don't you? Just so you can reprove them. Get on Facebook. See how that works out. Now let's look at verse 8. I mean, pardon me. Uh, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Okay? So we've got three lines Do not reprove, do not reprove, do not reprove. You'll incur injury, you'll get abuse, he'll hate you. you, Is it sinking in now three times? That's the charm. Okay, but notice the next line, verse uh, 8, second part. Reprove a wise man. Whoa, we're really switching things up here, you know. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Now let's go on to verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man. See, it's rhyming, isn't it? Thought rhyme, thought rhyme. It's synonymous repetition. A little different wording, getting the point across. So reprove a wise man. He'll love you for it. Give instruction to a wise man. He'll get wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Okay, that's called inverted parallelism. 
There's a contrast here. And then we're told, what makes the difference? What is it the difference between someone who's wise and someone who's a scoffer? Someone who's wicked and someone who's righteous? Well, one fears the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. What does wisdom give? Understanding and insight. Where do you get wisdom? How do you start? Okay, I hear you, John. Uh, I'll do it your way. I'll go the way of wisdom. Where do I start? Where do I sign up? Do I go to a place here in Visalia or do I have to drive all the way to Fresno? No, you start with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is to hold the Lord in awe. And the Lord is awesome. We sang about it this morning. It was so interesting. I, I had gone to the office early to kind of tighten up some things on what I wanted to share with you from chapter 9 of Proverbs. And I had brushed my teeth and I was getting ready to come here and I, I thought I just kind of want to set my heart. And so I have Revelation song on my playlist and I played it five times in a row. And then what did we open with this morning? Revelation song. But I love that song because God is awesome to me. The question is, is he awesome to you? If he is awesome to you, then you're on the road to wisdom. And the more he becomes awesome to you, the more you'll walk that road. The further you'll walk that road. And you'll stay on that path. And I have the long view. I've lived a little life now. I can remember times when I would be speaking like I am now, but I felt like I didn't have the cred, you know, the credibility to say some of the things that I really wanted to say. But I can say this, that if you walk in the fear of the Lord, which is not about emotions, it's about priority, which I've said before, but it bears repeating. Do not get those two confused. There may be emotion in making the Lord the priority of your life. When you love him more than anyone else, when you'll serve him even when you won't serve others. But see, that makes a profound and very wise difference in your life because he's a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness, mercy, goodness. He makes good things out of bad things. He turns bad lives into good lives. He's the God of the resurrection and new life. He's the God of the church. Members, one of another. A real family, an internal family. And yet, we just don't always get that. We treat it like a commodity. I didn't like the song they played today. I'm going to another church. That kind of faithfulness is not going to sustain a marriage or a friendship 
or any relationship. But if you put God first, if you'll test your thoughts against God's thoughts, if you'll put him first in your life, if you'll experience some of his patience and his long view about people and about life and about what has meaning and what really matters, he'll make you wise. He'll make you very wise. And you'll find that you have established relationships full of joy and meaning. And you'll look at your family and you'll rejoice in what God has done. Because it's only the Lord. And now this is just my personal testimony here. It's only the Lord that could tame my own ego and pride. And put me in my place. And cause me to see myself as I really am. But that's the kind of awareness... And to realize that I can be so much more in the Lord. And it's that which gives us the power to live beautifully like Jesus Christ instead of like John Venema without Jesus Christ. Which is a mess. A total mess. But with Christ. Yeah. In my own eyes, a big success. I know where I could have been. Where I could have ended up what my destination would have been. In verse 12, Kidner, Derek Kidner, an Old Testament scholar, I have a lot of respect for him. He's a wise scholar. I think there are some fools. He said, the strongest expression of individual responsibility in the Bible is found in verse 12. In other words, our own character is ultimately and individually the one thing we cannot borrow, lend, or escape. In fact, you can't steal it. Ms. Folly thinks you can steal everything, but you cannot steal character. You cannot steal a good name. You cannot steal a reputation. A reputation for being honest, faithful, trustworthy, someone that you can count on, someone that people would go to for advice and help. Those are the things that the Lord develops in our lives when we take the long view and we walk the long walk with the Lord. And that's the path of the lady wisdom. The path of Miss Folly is described in chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, in chapter 5, verse 5, in chapter 7, verse 27, we've had road signs about her. Watch out for her. In chapter 2, verse 19, it says, None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. I did some really foolish things when I was young. When I was um, 
the guy in this chapter, the simple, the innocent, the impressionable, the senseless, the one without understanding. And I pulled some hijinks, and I'm, I'm fortunate that it didn't, in a way, kind of cast my entire life, which it easily could have. It could have set me on a path that I couldn't change. In chapter 5, verse 5, her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. Sheol is the place of the dead in the Old Testament. That's the Hebrew word, Sheol. And it's the place of the dead. All the dead go there. It's a place of shades. It's not a place of life. It's a place of waiting. In chapter 7, verse 27, her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. But she looks so glamorous. You see, glamorous is defined as an attractive or exciting quality that makes certain people or things seem appealing. Seem appealing. Not really appealing. Seem appealing. That's the notion of glamour. And we live in a world of glamour. Keep that in mind as you make life choices. But before you go about making life choices, make sure that you're on a path with a destination and a purpose. And the best way to secure that is life's Lord. We've looked at life's ladies, life's legacies, life's Lord. In verses 10 through 12, which we just spent a little time in, the beginning of wisdom is to hold the Lord in awe. If the Lord doesn't hold awe for you in the sense of we say, awesome, dude, that's just awesome. If that's not the way you think about the Lord, then you need to do a little study and work on that and change your viewpoint. Do you know what fills my life is gratitude. Gratitude is the best way to acknowledge the Lord. How much of your life are you thankful for? Do you spend time during the day recognizing the good things in your life, the beautiful children that you hear, and all of the wonderful things around you that you see? Those are precious things, and I mean that. And when you age in the Lord, they become more precious, not less precious. You're not dazzled by all the things you don't have because you're so rich in what you do have. And you thank the Lord for it. And it's a source of joy. And sometimes you don't just thank him once, but you thank him often. Gratitude. Gratitude is a word that is derived and a response to grace. And God is a God of grace. All the things in life that other people say, yeah, I was lucky, are grace. God's grace. God's goodness. 
I think of gratitude as the primary form of acknowledgement. And that brings life into the midst of anything and everything. When we were singing this morning, I was thinking about gratitude. Those songs are expressions of thanksgiving, of appreciation, of acknowledging what God has done in our lives that are of value. But there are people in life that they're full of dissatisfaction. They can't get enough. What they have isn't as good as what that other person has, my neighbor has, my coworker has, my schoolmate has. If I had that, I would be happy. If I could get you to get this, it would make me happy. If you were grateful every day of your life, increasingly grateful every day, increasingly thankful, giving thanks for things that you've seen every day of your life, but now you appreciate because you realize it's a gift. You didn't buy it. You don't own it but you get to enjoy it. But many people do not enjoy it because they're not grateful. They don't have eyes to see it. But if you would be grateful every day and increasingly grateful, someday after I'm gone, so it wouldn't matter, but you would want to come back to me and say, that was worth a million dollars. That was worth five million. That was worth all the money in the world. Because that's what gratitude does. And you know what? It makes you savor life. It makes you taste the things that are around you and say, that is good. I am so grateful to have that. And you enjoy things that you have. Many people don't enjoy what they have. I'll enjoy it when I get what I don't have. But they don't enjoy what they have. What is life to these people? Seriously. Breathing? A pulse? Gratitude will bring life to life for you. On Friday, I got to baptize my grandson, Jacob. We drove over to beach camp over in Ventura. And I baptized a lot of people in my life, but I haven't baptized any in quite a while. I think the last time was at beach camp a few years back when I was speaking and I baptized with Stephen. He's an old hand and he's got big feet too so he can, you know, flotation device. No, he really knows how to do it. And I got out there with my grandson but just thinking about the clan, the legacy, the Lord in my life. I don't know how to get wisdom without the Lord. But if you, and this is what makes it so personal and applicable to each and every one of us. If you just walk day by day and just don't give up on the Lord, he will always show himself faithful to you. Sometimes you may not understand it, but you can get more understanding as you wait upon him, trust in him, get together with other believers. Just walk every day with the Lord. When you blow it, when you fall down, when you sin like a sinner, just 
when you come to your senses, get up and go back to the Lord and start over and keep going. And this time you'll go a little further and a little further and a little further because it's not about the person who burned brightly for like three years and then quit it all or is going through a deconstruction. It's about the person who is faithful to the Lord and just, that's it. Faithful to the Lord from here on out. And then one day, you who come from a broken family, divorced parents, all kinds of wreckage, someday you baptize your grandson. And you go, where did that wisdom come from? To take the long view. To walk with the lady wisdom to walk in the fear of the Lord. Let's, will you stand with me? I'll pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for your heart, for your great love, sending your Son pouring out your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the family, your family, the spirit-filled family. Thank, thank you, Lord, for sticking by us and teaching us how to stick by you. And thank you for the wisdom that you bring about in our lives as we rejoice by faith in you each and every day. We love you, Lord. And we praise you in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Let's do this last song together. Remain standing.
blessed Sunday and go forth in the powerful name of Jesus today.